Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Tighten Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry. Next to my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. You can find the podcast on social media, on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. As always, we're under the A to Z Sports platform. Go follow at A to Z Sports on all social media pages. This is our 30th episode. It's dropping on the 30th. The Titans are 3-0. and you, you want one more? Sure. The Titans have three players with COVID, and oh. we have zero positive outlook for the rest of the week. So this, the number 30, 3-0 seems to run rampant on this episode. Uh, guys, things suck right now. We're not going to sugarcoat it, obviously. It's uh, anytime you're the first team in an NFL season to contract a, a, uh, a disease that has turned into a global pandemic and just completely stopped the world on its axis. It's never a good thing for your football club. It's no, we're we're just going to be real about it with you. You you never want to beat Jacksonville to be the first team in the NFL to contract a a strange disease throughout the season. Uh, That has to be the upset of the NFL history of all time. But you know we are gonna we're gonna push on, uh, hopefully as the Titans do this season. On today's sode, we have Mr. Monday Night himself, Keith Bullock, and guys, let me tell you, he came to us straight from Just Love Coffee, his coffee shop in Franklin. It is it, it's awesome. It, Keith it, Keith was a lot of fun. It sounded busy. It definitely sounded busy. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, Keith. Before, Anytime you're in a coffee shop, you can just imagine the espresso machines and everything <laughs> going off in the background. We get a little bit of that, too, with our yeah. Keith interview. But Authentic. the interview itself is awesome. But, yeah, no, he was great, uh, was was real open about uh, kind of the way th- things were with his, some of the teams back in the day. The the, the terrible towel incident in 08 on that yeah. team that started 10-0. and 0. Uh, he, he talked to us a little bit about Derrick Henry and Eddie George's conversation. Uh, that kind of got Derrick Henry going uh, a couple yeah. years ago. He also answers, could he tackle Derrick Henry today? Oh, true, if, if true. They were both in their prime, which I, I thought was a great answer. Um, and uh, also, curling? Question curling? mark? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't forget the Ravens rivalries as well back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Those were a lot of fun for both teams. Sometimes not fun, though. Um, he kind of got into that, got into how, how he felt about Steve McNair and Derek Mason and Samari Roll heading up to Baltimore. It was sure. really fun. This interview really had a, had a bunch of things that are, are are pretty notable. Yeah, and if you yeah, if you came to this podcast to kind of get away from all the COVID talk, don't worry, we give it to you with that Keith Bullock interview. 
Um, however, we also are going to give you a lot of COVID talk <laughs> to start off the episode. Um, we have to talk about it. It's, you know, it's. Could this be a good thing for the Titans? A bad thing? We eh? discussed. Yeah. Hey, don't worry. We'll throw a little optimism your way. And plus, we have an update to the Stefcon system. Obviously, the Stefcon system, which we implemented last week with Steven Goskowski, got an update for you guys. Is he the best player on the team now? <laughs> it's, it's up for discussion. Find out. And before we before we start the show, we got to talk about a new sponsor, mybookie.ag. Sports betting's everywhere, guys. It's uh, and it's only a matter of time before you join it. It's kind of like uh, social media, like Facebook, if you will. <laughs> you know, like maybe you were reluctant to join it at first, but you're going to jump in at some point. And when you do, you need to go to mybookie.ag. Use code MYTITANS uh, at mybookie.ag to double your first deposit. That goes for deals up to $1,000. That's pretty much free money. So hit up mybookie.ag for all of your sports betting needs. And I guess with that said, let's talk COVID. Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Titans. <laughs> What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is September 30th, 2020. The Tennessee Titans are 3-0, but does it even matter anymore? <laughs> like, what is life? What What is the point? Of course of it the- matters. Of course it matters, Austin. It just doesn't feel like it matters right now. Because oh no one knows whether or not the Titans are going to be able to play this weekend. Uh, three positive COVID tests from players, five from team personnel. Yeah. I mean, Shane Bowen, we found out on Monday. I thought the timing of that was weird, didn't you? That that we didn't even know Shane Bowen wasn't in the building until Monday. Right. Yeah. That, that was sketchy. Um, and, and I didn't realize how big of an influence Shane Bowen had on the Titans' defense until Sunday when I realized he was not there and the Titans' defense probably cashed in one of their worst performances of the season. <laughs> brutal. It was just a brutal effort all around. Um, but, Jack, if, Jeff, I, if, if I, I told Jeff you— Simmons, Jeff Simmons always shows up. Oh, Jeff, yeah. The Jeff, Jeff Simmons is excluded from every conversation, mainly because I don't want to ruffle any feathers with Jeff Simmons. <laughs> Jack, if I told you before the season that the Titans would be first in the NFL by week four, you'd take it, right? Are you kidding me? Of course I'd take it. Right. But what okay. if I told you that Steven Goskowski would have had three game winners in the first three games of the season? I'd take that. I'd take that too. But you, you didn't you didn't even that. let you didn't even let me finish because yeah, I, they're first in catching COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the you got to read the fine print always. That's a lesson to be that's, learned. That's not as good as three right. and zero. Titans are finally number one, which is it would be something to celebrate if it wasn't for this. Um, yeah, I I don't know, dude. It, it's so so, and you we're recording this on Tuesday evening. News is changing by the minute. So what we're saying right now, everything we say, you have to kind of take with a, a grain of salt or a grain of COVID, and and. Because by the time you hear this, things could be totally different. But, Jack, I believe right before we came on, we heard it was uh, Brinkley, Daquan, and Tommy Hudson on the COVID list. Yes, Tommy Hudson, a tight end on the practice squad, along with long snapper Bo Brinkley and interior D lineman Daquan Jones. All three have tested positive. It has been said that they are asymptomatic. 
And there's a difference there for, for you guys who, who aren't sure about the league's COVID protocols. Um, it, if you are asymptomatic, you then have five days. Uh, you have to be out of team organiz- or team activity for five days. You have to put up two consecutive negative COVID tests, and then you're back. Now, if you're symptomatic, you have to stay away from the team for 10 days. So it, that's that's where things kind of uh, kind of kind of differ here, where where the Titans aren't in as bad of a situation as uh, as once thought. But still, when you have when you have people on the team with coronavirus, it's not good, and you just wonder whether or not we're and we're going to find this out in the couple in, in the coming days whether or not that that was spread in, in like locker rooms. So so the D line group is together at all times. You wonder if Daquan Jones maybe spread that to some D linemen, or please God, don't let this be the case. If Bo Brinkley, he's holding, he's snapping that ball, and it's going into Brett Kern's hand to hold. I mean, oh gosh, look, we have I, to. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, move him to the bunker, move yeah. him, <laughs> get him, get him out of harm's way immediately. And if, uh, good, and talking about the D line, if if Jeff Simmons catches COVID, my goodness, my thoughts and prayers. Go out to COVID for that one. Yeah, they're, they're not going to last long there. I do. You do not want COVID to contract Jeff Simmons. That would be bad. Uh, but no, you're right. Like, dude, I mean, like, this is a big Bo Brinkley podcast. Mainly, and not, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Mizzou grad. I'm mainly saying that because he, without Bo Brinkley, Brett Kern doesn't have a football to punt. So by default, you know, in connection to this is a big Bo Brinkley podcast because of how much we love Brett Kern. So it's so good that takes good that they are asymptomatic. Don't want, don't want, um, you know, don't need uh, it. Hoping, hoping this can be like a one-time thing. Um, if it, I, I will say this though, does this guarantee the Titans a playoff spot? Because if you look to baseball, the Marlins and the Cardinals both had, they they had I mean the Cardinals played had to sit in their hotel rooms for seventeen straight days because I they the, I think they, they went out had to, it as well yeah so and they they go out to a uh, a casino and they get they get COVID the Marlins are, the Marlins were the first team to get it which is no surprise there um, but now both of those teams are playing in the postseason so I don't want to say it's like a rabbit's foot in a way but it is kind of good luck to maybe catch COVID. <laughs> it definitely complicates things though because I, I would love to play the Steelers Sunday but on some end of on on one side of things this could be okay for the Titans. I mean look, it's not good. You, no one wants to come down with this. Right. But if they were forced to uh kind of not play this week and have this be a, a sort of a bye week um that allows Adoree Jackson to get a little healthier, AJ Brown to get a little healthier. We don't know the severity of Lawant injury; it doesn't seem too serious. Um, he gets an extra week, so the timing of it isn't awful. But then you also have an early bye week, and you're just going to get guys banged up as the season goes along, and not have that uh, that midseason bye that they had um, to to really come into play. So, right. there's a couple ways to look at it. Yeah, the yeah. So from what we know, the latest the latest we saw right before recording, uh, Adam Schefter tweeted NFL wants wants to and intends to play the Titan Steelers game as scheduled on Sunday. But one of the contingency plans to allow for additional testing and contract 
or contact tracing to occur would be to move the game to Monday night. And that is which is perfect because of who we have on the podcast this week with Keith Bullock, Mr. Monday night and Mr. Stomp on the terrible towel, Keith Bullock. Uh, pretty fitting there. Not, not and the Titans, are, the Titans are one and oh, and Monday night double headers too. That's true. That's a great point. That's a good point. And um, if they, and if they don't, I, I also saw, I think uh, Josina Anderson or, or one of those, um, She's one of those like, yeah, one of those national reporters that like, per, like thinks they're a local reporter and they just only report on things with the Titans. Um, but uh, I, Maybe it's uh, Diana Rossini. Maybe it was oh, her. I don't remember probably. who. But one of them said one of the contingency plans is either Monday night or Tuesday night, which I think would just There's be the Monday night football team in reverse uh, <laughs> for that one. Wow, that'd be a brutal turnaround week as well because they have the Bills next week, and the, you're going to need just about, especially after playing the Steelers, you're going to need a lot of rest. But but yeah. as it stands, if, you, if they made Kirk Cousins look good, they're going to make Josh Allen look really good. <laughs> Josh Allen's looked awesome so far, too. Um, but but as it stands now, the Titans are scheduled to have a bye week in week seven, the Steelers in week eight. Another option is to go ahead and not play this week and have both of those teams meet in week seven to where to where those teams play. The Baltimore Ravens get a bye because the Steelers would play the Ravens in week eight. And uh, and the Titans would play the Jags in Week Eight. There would have to be some sh- there would have to be some shuffling around, but it's definitely possible. I know Goodell and them don't want to do it. They want to try everything in their power to get this thing done this weekend. I know Vrabel would like that as well because I think yeah. he he appreciates having a, a mid mid season Week Seven bye week. I think that's important for a lot of players. Yeah, but, I think as Titans fans, we should want them to go ahead this week, even if they're down five, six, seven guys or something. Um, I, I think it would be better to play this week rather than push it back to because that that mid season bye week is so crucial and so dire, and I, that would also put the correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that would put the Steelers game back to back with the Ravens game. Um, so it would be let's see, no, it would be after the Titans game, but before the Bengals game. Okay, for okay. the Titans. Sorry. So, so the Titans would have the Texans at home, then the Steelers at home, then go on the road to play the Bengals. Okay, okay. Um, I I thought I had heard something differently where it was where it was later in the year, but yeah. So so that that right there should tell you that it's you you want it to be played you want it to be played this weekend just because I mean I you you got to you got to play this game this week and. I don't know. I one of the questions I wanted to bring up though, Jack, was who's to blame here? And now, and the reason I asked this question, like how did how did COVID even infiltrate this? Well, I mean, everyone's infiltrating the Titans defense uh yeah. this year, but Justin Jefferson certainly didn't have it. How did it get in the building? You know, I wish I kind of I was kind of hoping COVID would play the role of Vic Beasley this year and just kind of be like yeah, like we know it's out there, but we don't know where exactly. Um, I it may not show up at all, even right. And and so I asked the question, who's to blame? And I say personally, we have to blame the Vikings here. And it's I got to give a shout out to my guy Grit on Cork Bats. He actually came up with this take, but I'm fully 100 percent behind it uh, because if you think back, if you look at track record, 
Vikings have had a history of spreading diseases, okay? The first major pandemic occurring in the time of the Vikings was the Justinian Plague, okay? Nobody forgets about the Justinian Plague. Oh my gosh, that was the first thing that came to mind when I heard the Titans got COVID. So the, the, the Vikings spread the Justinian plague. And then you're probably like, okay, well, that's just one. How many other plagues have they spread? Uh, let me let me hit you with this. Uh, Professor Eski Willerslev of St. John's College, University of Cambridge, he said, he led a study that said, we discovered new strains of smallpox in the teeth of Viking skeletons and found their genetic structure indifferent to modern, modern smallpox virus eradicated in the 20th century. So Vikings are spreading smallpox so through their if, teeth, nonetheless. If you've been bit by a Viking, you may have smallpox. Probably, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count it out. In fact, I'd probably, I'd probably bank on that fact. And furthermore, if we can want to continue down the disease, uh, Vikings spreading diseases, look no further than Fred Smoot's sex boat. Think about how oh, many diseases wow. that spread. How how could we forget about that? Oh my God! Yeah, so, there, there was more find, than one disease on that boat. Right. I find it to be no coincidence that the first week the Titans go north to Minnesota to play the Vikings in years, first time in a long time, they come back with a, with a deadly disease that uh, has just completely haltered the entire world, a global pandemic. I blame the Vikings on this one. The Vikings are the only ones to blame. And by the way, Austin, not a sex boat, a love boat. Big Sorry. distinction. Okay. Sorry. There's That's a lot right. of love being had on that lot, lot of love being sex, made. We made love. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Still um, a lot of diseases, though. <laughs> yeah, Dante Culpepper probably. probably <laughs> he's got a handful of those. Um, no, but but in all honesty, so I, no one knows how this thing got through, right? Uh, but Shane Bowen appeared to have been the first one who tested positive for Corona, and th- I mean that should be a concern because he's around those. You know, he coaches the linebackers. Yeah. So say, say one linebacker. Say. Say, uh, say Will Compton has it. This is hypothetical. We don't want Will Compton to get this. Um, you know, he's working with guys and, and, you know, he's touching guys, being around guys, sweating all over, all over guys, you know, that are in the linebacking core. And then there's a cluster coronavirus issue and, where. And he's Compton, podcasting with guys too. And, and he gives it to Luan in the bus and he, he gives it, you know, to, to Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, all of, all of these guys. I mean, that's, that's a huge concern. And that's what I'm, you know, I'm still, we're still waiting to see, and we'll probably know more here in the next day or two, but it's definitely a concern. And you don't, Titans fans always complain about not getting attention from the national media. Well, <laughs> now you have it. You you have all the attention you've ever wanted now. It just happens to be yeah. the most negative attention you could ever yeah. receive. Are you, are you happy now, Titans fans? I, this is why I always say you don't don't worry about the, getting coverage from the national media. Just focus on your own hand, team at hand. And, yeah, here we are. We freaking got what we wished for. Not the way we wanted it, but, we damn it, we got it. Uh, no yeah, so, pub is bad pub? Eh, no pub yeah. is bad pub, but if the pub is about uh, – disease i don't see this being good this coming out at any any point not great it's not great pub now it's just all right right and so jack and i admittedly have been kind of down to start the podcast don't know if you picked up on that sentiment or not it's been it's not great news and so we're but we we did want to before we get into our interview with keith bullock we did we need to get out we need to get out of this funk that we're in and we need to i don't know bring some positivity so 
Jack, I feel like for the next couple of minutes, I feel like we should only be optimistic about the fact that three Titans players and five coaches have tested positive for COVID being the first team in the five NFL. personnel members, hopefully not coaches. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Personnel members, three players, five personnel members testing positive for COVID. Let's just be, let's, let's be positive. So like coronavirus and, and, positivity. Oh, right. are you play Travis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> no, we, uh, no, yeah. Just we're, we're going to be positive in the sense that like, maybe this isn't the worst news in the world. Maybe this isn't the end of our, our lives, even though it sure does feel like it. Uh, so I'll start, I'll start Jack. I'm just going to say, you know what? Let's look at the bright side. Let's look at the silver lining. It's the first time that, uh, it, in literally the 30 weeks that we've been doing this podcast, it's the first time we've had a Tuesday uh, news dump from the Titans. Didn't come out on Wednesday. That's you know, the Titans point. are famous dropping that news right after we drop our pod. That's, this a, that's was a good the point. First time they did it ahead of time. They actually gave us, I mean, more than we wanted to talk about, but more content for us to talk about. That's true. Um, didn't really want to be talking about this on a, on a victory Tuesday, victory Wednesday for you guys listening. But yeah. uh, John Robinson, he finally came around. Said, you know what? We're going to test them on Monday because the Tighten Up Pod's got work to do on Tuesday. Yeah, right, right. Not the look. Jr's been phenomenal as a GM, um, and people were always saying, "Oh, Vic Beasley's the worst signing." Some people are even saying Jadavian Clowney's the worst signing. He's oh, Spielman, go cram it. <laughs> the, so I, look, I just had some people. Just some people are saying that. Uh, now Jr's like, "Oh, you think those are the worst signings I made?" Boom. Signs COVID to a two-week contract. So, look, be careful what you complain about. COVID or Kevin Dodd, which was the worst signing? <laughs> yeah, COVID mm-hmm. has brought more people down, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Taylor Lewan, Taylor here's some more positivity. Taylor Lewan, he's, he's, he avoided a major, in, in, a major injury. Um, and it's too early to say whether or not he'll play this week against Pittsburgh, mainly because it's too early to tell whether or not the entire Titans team will play this this week against Pittsburgh. But the optimism, there is optimism surrounding him that it's a short term injury. So that was scary. I was scared, Austin. I was scared. It too, looked dude. like a neck thing, a shoulder, collarbone, even. Taylor Lewan is my dad is the shirt you're wearing. I'm wearing my Taylor Lewan is my my dad's shirt. Shout out the guys that hang 10. I. Uh, you know that I love dad. So when I saw him go down, I felt like that meme of uh, Simba on Mufasa. Like, get up, dad, get up. <laughs> oh, no. That, that was me on Sunday when I saw Taylor Luan go down. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is a chance for Titans players to get healthy. You know, this is a chance for uh, maybe a Dory Jackson to come back. Maybe AJ hey, Brown hey. to come back. You know, Wait, I'm, just, I'm just saying. But would a Dory Jackson even help this abysmal? We'll get into that later. We'll, we'll get into yeah. whether or not a Dory Jackson can save yeah. the sinking ship of a defense. Right. This is our positivity play. corner. This is our optimism corner. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'm going to rid that negativity. Optimism for the players. Optimism for the players. It's like a snow day from school. Sh- shout out <laughs> Snowbird. You know, Snowbird, shout out. Snowbird a legend. Oh, right. man. Shout out, shout out Lisa Patton back in the day, letting us know those school closings. Um, Carol Birdsong deserves to be shouted out as well. She was she was our she was our uh, snow lady. With the superintendent was that or of? Uh, or she was she's a she's the PR person of Williamson County. Oh, that's she, right. That's she handles right. all of the snow calls. 
was gonna say you went to private schools. I God, God well, love you for man. a period of time. Yeah, so it started public, then went private. Yes, okay. yeah, public schools where it's at, man. We we was like <laughs> if if really if Davidson County was out, we knew Williamson County was gonna be out. Like that was it. It was like the trickle down effect. Even yeah, if we exactly. had no snow, it Is was it, like if they say the NFL is a copycat league. Middle Tennessee is a copycat school district. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so those are some goods. And then, um, and then, and then obviously, and we already talked about it, but we could get some action this week with the Titans playing on Tuesday night. You're talking about Logan Woodside? Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the entire Titans team playing on a Tuesday night. Like it's a freaking Mac conference game. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, cause Logan Woodside went to Toledo. Okay. And that's why I was wondering. I, I'm hoping we don't get that kind of action. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, Tannehill does not catch the Rona and uh, he stays up because I don't want to. I, I will donate. My, I, I will donate my white blood cells to Ryan Tannehill to ensure that he does not get this disease. If that's what if that's what it takes. Right. So look, this disease isn't all bad. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It's close. It's like. It's like hanging off the the edge of the world. Um, like freaking sliced alone in the movie cliffhanger. Like that's, that's where we're at right now, but it's not all bad. So with, with that, with our positivity and everything covered out of the way, we got to get, let's get to some more positivity with our guy, Keith Bullock, former Titans linebacker, former Titans legend. We're going to, we hit all bases with him, hit all bases. We cover all bases with him. Uh, we hit it out of the park with him, I guess. A lot of baseball uh, references. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which he actually makes he makes a ba- baseball reference in. The right. and, if, and if you work for Ford Eye Center, geez, you're not going to yeah. like. Yeah, you don't want to hear. <laughs> hear hear the reference at hand. So let's go ahead and get to that. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get to Keith Bullock, the man, the myth, the Mister Monday Night, the legend. KB. Guys, to say I am absolutely stoked for this week's guest is like is the biggest understatement of all time. We've got him. We got him, ladies and gentlemen, in flesh. Well, on Zoom, I guess. Uh, <laughs> my favorite Titans linebacker of all time. And now my favorite coffee shop owner of all time. Uh, we're going to get into that with him. Uh, former Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, uh, first-team All-Big East. Shout out, shout out uh, Syracuse. Go Orange, man. Uh, over 1,000 career tackles, 21 career interceptions, six, six touchdowns. As a defensive player, six touchdowns, which is just absurd. You can follow him on Twitter at KBull53 and check him out in person at Just Love Coffee. His name is Keith J. Pullock, but you may know him as Mr. Monday Night. Keith, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. You know, um, time, getting some time off of, of work, taking some sit-down time to talk some football and chat it up with you guys. Get away from we this coffee you. business for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you joining us. I, uh, we, You know, we, we know you were uh, – being the life of an entrepreneur is is not easy. So for you to take time out for us, we we definitely appreciate it. Uh, I I feel like I have to start with the important question though. Uh, we put all of our important questions up first. What's it like to have the body shape of an action figure? <laughs> That's funny. I never thought about it like that. Um, yeah, I've always just been a skinny kid. 
um, when I went to Syracuse. I think I was like 190. Funny story is um, like my childhood dream was to go play football at the University of Michigan. And I actually got recruited by Michigan, um, but they wanted me to go <laughs> In high school, I was about 185, 190 pounds and had aspirations to be the next Ronnie Lott. So um, Syracuse, you know, played it right. They got me with the banana and the tailpipe, recruited me as safety. I played there for a couple of years and then they made the switch. It worked out though, but yeah, that's kind of, that's the, that's the answer to my body question. Yeah. Question. <laughs> well, I, I just like, even like back when I watched you back in the day, but even now, more so now looking back on old highlights of yours, you look like you came straight out of like the old NFL 2K video games for like Sega Dreamcast. Like you're just massive, like just the, like the chest and the waist is super thin and it's just, I don't know. I'm jealous. I'll just say it. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, yeah, now, Gunther Cunningham always said um, that I, I was a nice-looking football player, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you about Just Love because you're not the only former Titan to go into uh, a, a baking-type baking situation. You do coffee as well as uh, s- some baked items. I, I know Michael Griffin and Brian Arakpo are into yeah, it as man. well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems it seems like former Titans either go into a bake the baking side of things or the cannabis side of things, which is is a, is a different kind of getting baked. <laughs> yeah, or or both. <laughs> you could put the cannabis in the baked goods, but um, I don't think I don't think Griff and Rock are doing that out there in uh, in Texas. But yeah, man, it's um, I've been retired ten years and. I've gone back, I've gotten my MBA, I've took a lot of different courses when I was um, with the Titans for the, through the NFL, and I always knew I was business-minded, and I would be on my own business at some point. I never really thought coffee or anything like that. It could have been ice cream, whatever, just just love. Um, it's brand, it's core values, you know, fit in line with mine, where Rob Webb, the founder, he um, started this, you know, for, he started a dot, he, his kids are adopted. He has two adoptive daughters, and he realized how expensive it was to adopt for families to adopt that wanted to adopt. So that's why um, Just Love a portion of the proceeds on any purchase, all purchases goes to adoption. And now with me being involved, foster care. So. That's really cool. That. Yeah, that's trade really cool. trade it in your uh, bench press for the French press. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's <a good> one. <laughs> the uh, now. Are you, um, I got to ask, how do you take your coffee? Uh, you know what, man? I don't even really drink coffee, to be honest. <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. You're not, you're not yeah. using the product. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm learning. Yeah, actually, um, I'm coming out with my own blend here in the next um, month or so. So I have to make sure I get you guys um, a, a bag of my blend that I actually went to the roaster. Because just what we have our own roaster here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So it's a uh, Tennessee based coffee. So, you know, I went down and messed around with Jason Smith, our um, roaster, and just kind of put a blend together that I liked. Like when I tasted it, like we did a cupping, we did the whole process. And, you know, um, it was a uh, blend that I was like, okay, I would drink this. I would drink this. I like it. So, KV, you're not only a coffee connoisseur, but. You're widely known during your playing days as Mr. Monday Night. Uh, was there a routine you had every Monday night that just made you, you know, go off? I remember one of the most uh, memorable games you had, I believe, was in New Orleans 
you picked off Drew Brees three times. What, what, what was it about Monday nights that, you know, got you up and got you going? Well, in New York, we didn't play, at, we didn't play night games. So my first ever night game was when I was at Syracuse and we played North Carolina State. So, you know, when you get to the NFL, man, uh, playing in a small market, it's, it's, you don't get too many eyes on you. You know, you get your local eyes. I mean, the NFL, you get hundreds of thousands of eyes on you. Let's be real. But, you know, just, you know, we're a regional team. You know, it's almost like we're a local NFL team. So when you get the opportunity to play primetime, um, that's when you got to turn it up. You know, you turn it up every Sunday, but definitely, you know, when prime time is on and you're playing in front of the nation, you know, that, that's your chance to show the, the reporters or whoever's out there, other teams that, you know, your team is, if you happen to be on a good team, your team is, you know, um, dominant. But um, for my case, and that's, I just, Monday nights was just, it's time to go. Would you, would like, so you would actually, like, like, would your pregame routine going into a Monday night differ than going into a Sunday, or or was it just the was there a like, song uh, you listen to? No, not at all. It's just like you get an extra day. You get an extra day to prepare when you play on Monday night. So you go into a game on Sunday. I'm already prepared, so I can prepare on an extra day and have a full day to kind of watch football. Um, other people play, so you kind of mentally put yourself in this. Me, I would mentally put myself where I want it to be, whether it be, you know, a big play or helping my team win. Like, it doesn't have to be a pick or interception. I'll be down with making those plays that go unnoticed. You know what I mean? I have no problem doing I have no problem doing that. But definitely when the when the lights came on, man, you, you got to show out. Nine times out of ten, you're playing against another superstar. And my thing was always to be one of the best, if not the best player on the field, which was hard a lot. We had – you know, Steve McNair, Eddie George, Derek Mason, Javon Curtis, but I accepted that challenge every single time that, you know, as soon as I became a starter, that's the challenge I accepted. And it never got easier because then we had Chris Johnson, Vince Young, you know what I'm saying? So I always just tried to, and that's just on my team. So I'm talking about in, you know, the whole total game, I'm trying to be the best player on the field. And, you know, that mentality alone helped me. I don't know how often I was the best player on the field, but, you know, it was definitely some times I was. Do you, do you wish that linebackers in today's game would wear the, uh, the, neck, the neck pad thing that you'd yeah, always yeah, rock? The, the cowboy collar? Well, you know, nah, you know what? I wore that because I would get, like, a lot of stingers, like pinched nerves. That's what we call them, stingers. So your sharp is shooting pain. Like, if you, your neck gets bent the wrong way, you know, you get a – slight pinched nerves and in your shoulder it burns all the way down your shoulder so that was really where I'm preventing my neck to really go back and um people always would be like man you're so big with all them pads yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made you look like a badass it was like it was actually it was so awesome just ever seeing you like even just seeing you just take the field it was like in, it was intimidating for me as a titans fan just watching it but so i can't imagine what the opposing team was was uh thinking but as Mr. Monday Night, do you ever do you ever take offense to whenever someone says, "Oh, it looks like they've got a case of the Mondays," because that was essentially <laughs> your day to go off? Oh shit, that was good. Nah, I don't take offense <laughs> to that. That's funny. You caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> case of the Mondays, yeah, shoot. Like when we when we played, I was giving teams a case of the Mondays. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, like for you, that'd be a compliment. But yeah, for everyone else, you're giving them the case. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Yeah, right, I keep... enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed my time here with the Titans for sure. It was fun. So this week, assuming that they play on Sunday, which appears to be up in the air right now with coronavirus, it's Steelers week. It's it's a big game. It used to be a big game, and in two thousand and eight, it was a huge game. You guys were you guys were on a tear. You guys started the season ten and zero. Um, this was, I believe, week fourteen of the season. The, the Titans were beating the Steelers late in the fourth quarter. You somehow came about a terrible towel on the sidelines. Uh, you, you kind of threw that down. You and Lindell kind of Lindell White kind of stomped all over it. What what was that like? How did you get the towel? Whose idea was this? What did Jeff Fisher have to say? Well, I mean, look, like that week, mind you, we didn't play Kyle nor Albert played, you know, um, in that, that week. And I think we may have just lost to um, the Jets a few weeks ago or whatever it was. So it, it was one of those games where um, we weren't getting respect, you know, already being 12 and one or 12, whatever we were, we weren't getting any kind of respect. And they had it like the Steelers were just going to come roll us. And you know, Pittsburgh, they're always going to be ready. You know, they're always going to play, and they travel well. So it's like, it's crazy when you come out to the field and you see 20,000 yellow towels in your stadium, in your stadium, before the game. You know what I'm saying? And they're acting like it's their stadium. And, um, you know, we played well. It was a really close game um, probably until about the fourth quarter. I think Michael Griffin had an interception and ran it back for a touchdown to kind of seal the deal. But I told um, – our our um, sideline security, Jeb, um, to get, it's like, yo, give me one of those towels. <laughs> so I had the towel and um, yeah, I trash talk, whatever. <laughs> um, and I was just like, yeah, like, I was just like, look, y'all want it back? You got to come back from Tennessee. This is where the playoffs, that was for home field. And then um, we shit on the money against Baltimore <laughs> in the playoffs. But, you know, that was me setting the stage that AFC championship home game. That would have been crazy. Right. Because that's what it was supposed to be. You, you guys, yeah. uh, Kerry Collins was having an all-pro all year, which was crazy. It's crazy to think about now. Right. Still. Um, what did, did Jeff Fisher say anything? Because y'all lost, I think, it was the last two games of that season and then the first six of the following season. So eight games in a row. There's a bit of a, a stigma around the terrible towel incident, kind of called a curse. Do you feel kind of responsible for that in a way? <laughs> yeah, see, like, for me, like, I never – a curse, like, that's that's for the fans and everybody else to have fun with. Like, I didn't even know that it was an eight-game losing streak, to tell you the truth, <laughs> um, or however many games it was. But, um, nah, man, like, we came out the next year very complacent. I think a lot of, like, even, look, the coaching staff, players, you know, just thought, oh, we went 13-3 and next year, we're going to be even better. And I remember after losing that Baltimore game, um, in the playoffs, um, I remember one of my one of the senior spokesmen on our team, the leaders on our team, he didn't play that game. And he was like, um, I was pissed. And he was like, oh, keep way to be, you know, got to be a leader right now. I'm like, man, the season's over. Like, it's over. Like, who leading who? You know what I'm saying? The season's over. He's like, oh, we got next year. It's never the same the next year. And I specifically remember saying that it's not going to be the same next year. And lo and behold, we started off only six. Not that we expected to start off on six. And um, yeah, from there, we just, we actually turned that out, turned that season around at one point and it turned into a fun season. But that was one of my least favorite seasons playing here with the Titans for sure. That was when VY took over after the slow start, right? 
Yeah, they put him in. They put him in in New England. We were already down like forty-eight <laughs> zero. Well, that was a nightmare. Yeah, snow game. Snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Jeff Fisher like call practice off one of those weeks and just be like, you know what? You know, let's show up Sunday, get it done, and you guys actually kind of turn the season around. Did that was that a thing that happened? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Nah, we had a bye week. We just lost to New England. Um, what was it like, fifty-six, not seventy-two, nothing, or whatever it was. We just mm-hmm. lost to them. Um, we had a bye week, so I know me, DY, like a, oh, a bunch of us went to Miami. We just hung out for a few days, got away from football. Came back fresh, recharged, and I remember oh, we went up to Washington and got our first win. Was it that year? Do we have? No, I'm thinking another season. But anyway, um, yeah, we came back recharged, just like we knew we had another ten games, and we just kind of were able to pull it together. I honestly believe if I didn't get hurt against Miami, we would have beat um, San Diego that that night game. I think Christmas night. I think that was for playoff, something like that. Whoever won would have had like you know had the direct line to the playoffs but it was it was cool it was fun what's that what's that like See, going back to you saying you know it's not going to be the same you, you know you come off a 13 and 3 year and I mean it, it was an awesome year despite the ending it, it was an incredible run but but yeah it's a good point that you made up of where it's like it's not going to be the same because there's so much changes from the end of one season to the next even if you are bringing back you know 20 starters or something on both sides of the ball it's still different coaching staff new rookies everything like that what was that the biggest change from one season to the next that year um it's hard to tell man because there was a year when everybody left like eddie samari like lance schulters and like that was when I was young, so I thought, shit, I'm going to be playing with my homeboys, like, you know, forever. And then, like, dang, three years, like, we just started getting a good thing going. And then now we go from, like, a playoff team, and then, like, Steve goes to the Ravens. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. like, Derek Mason goes to the Ravens. Right. Samari goes to the Ravens. So we go from, like, a playoff team to, what, 5-11 and 11 to 4-12. and 12, And, you know, we still, I think when Vanderbosch came, he was a great addition in Hawaii and Chris Hope and David Thornton. Um, but after that 13, that first 13-3, I think 2008, um, it shouldn't have been much to change. We lost Jim Schwartz and we lost um, Albert Hainsworth. And I understand we changed the defensive scheme, but it wasn't changed that much that it should have made a difference in us starting 0-6. So I really believe that, you know, a lot of it goes into, you know, I think so. we just weren't a team to start the season. You know, obviously, we, were, we started off on six and some things didn't go right. And I, I can't speak to what it was. It's just, just weird. And that 2008 season was the last time the Titans were 3-0. and They're sitting at 3-0 this year. Uh, do you see anything with this team that, that kind of you can compare with that team or maybe some of the great Titans teams in the early 2000s that you guys had? Um, nah, I'm just with this team. It's like, look, they're finding a way to win right now. You know, they didn't have any preseason games, no full speed reps, none of that, you know, um, against another opponent. So I'm happy, you know, I'm happy for them that they're sitting at three and oh right now. Um, where a lot of teams that are probably good teams just haven't been able to get it together yet and might be sitting with the go and three or 
one and two or however it is. So, you know, one of the things we do in the NFL, we just worry about our kitchen. And, um, you know, that seems like what the Titans are, are doing and they're cooking up. Do you ever do you ever get the itch uh, being retired? Do you ever get the itch to like watching the games? Just like man, oh, just give me one more snap, give me one more play like that. I nah, mean, because it would be terrible. Like it would have to be the quarterback <laughs> would have to throw the ball right to me because <laughs> man, I don't, I don't, I don't do too much cardio. I rode bike. I, you know, I I practice like when I played with the Titans, I practice every day. Like so, we would play the game, and I would. You know, after the games, no matter how tired or sore I am, I would practice. So I've definitely maximized my career. I missed more practices with my one year with the Giants than I missed in my whole career with the Titans. You know, because of injuries. So like, um, I think I, I think I got all my reps. <laughs> I think I got all my reps. <laughs> with when uh, when Vandenbosch came to town and he started rocking those um, those red uh, contacts, was it hard to make eye contact with him when you would talk to him? Cause no, no, it was funny. So those red contacts, I wore them one time too. So they're just like if you wore a visor, it just make everything it'd be amber. It would look like kind of like amber. Um, and yeah, just for me, I was like, man, it's too too much going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but yeah, Kyle, when he would wear those to um, other opponents, I don't know if he intimidated them or he did, it did something to other opponents. Cause I remember many of opponent or O-lineman or something like that from another team in the offseason or whatever. Think Kyle's crazy. He's like, got those red eyes. Are those contacts? Why does he wear red contacts? And then <laughs> it doesn't help that he goes 900 miles per hour on every play. Right. So um, Kyle Vandenbosch was definitely one of my favorite teammates. Because I remember the first day um, I even seen Kyle Vandenbosch. I used to always come in in February to start training before the offseason program started in March. And I was usually the first, you know, unless guys are rehabbing, I'm usually the first, you know, person training or whatever in the Titans facility. Um, and then one off season, I walk in, I'm like, yo, who's this Sergeant Slaughter looking dude? You know what I mean? Kyle's over there like squatting like 450 pounds and he's quiet like me, like, you know, ain't too much, you know, conversation, whatever. And um, hey, I'm Kyle, whatever. But I, from that point, I just knew, like, yeah, this guy's been here early. Then I kind of got, you know, um, up to speed. He had a, his knee injuries. And then just when he got out there on the field, just to see, you know, the effort that he played with. Like, I, I feel like I played hard. Um, but it just seemed like Kyle's motor was, like, way more revved up. Yeah. I worked in radio at the time and I was like an intern. So I was like, you know, very impressionable. And I, and I, I, they made me go and get Kyle for an interview at one point. And Keith, I'd be lying if I didn't say there was, there was piss running down my leg when I saw those contacts <laughs> and up close. Yeah. 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 Kyle can, yeah. I mean like his, just his whole demeanor, you know, what his demeanor is you ever seen the movie stare crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the big dude in the jail cell, like he's all intimidating, the fat dude. <laughs> And then he just starts singing with this beautiful, beautiful, harmonious voice. <laughs> it's like a gentle giant. When you put him on the field, he's going to tear your head off. That's I'm not funny. saying Kyle can sing. I don't know if Kyle can sing. We'll, we'll have to assume until we can hear further. But we had Donnie Nicky on a couple months ago in the offseason. He said he would wear some of those contacts from Kyle yeah. as well. Just everybody just sharing them around. Um, yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, the Ravens. The Ravens were the first team I hated growing up as a Titans yeah, fan. Agreed. Some, some of those battles you guys had with them in the early 2000s. Uh, 
did you guys have a certain respect for that defense led by Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and everything? Because it seemed like they would always get the Titans goat in the playoffs. Or, or when the Titans need a big win, the Ravens would always be in the way. What were those rivalries like? Uh, they were cool, man. You know what? Of course, I like I told you, I tried. Like, so if we're playing the Ravens, all right, I'm trying to be the best player on the field. Best, definitely the best defensive player. So that raises, you know, my game intensity. We get to play against Ray Lewis, who's the best linebacker in the league. You know, Ed Reed, all those guys that you mentioned and named. You know, um, yeah, they definitely had something special there. Look at all the Hall of Famers just off those defenses. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that's great for them. But when they came to town, I didn't give a shit because I know that we're going to stop their offense. You know, they had a 2,000-yard rusher in Jamal Lewis, a 15-yard, 100-yard rusher in Jamal Lewis, a premier running back in Jamal Lewis, and he never got 100 yards on any of my defenses. So, you know, I definitely um, take pride in that and took pride in every time we played the Ravens. I don't think – they might have beat up on us once or twice, but we beat up on them before. But yeah, the back and forth, and you're right, man. The 13 and three, my rookie year, they got us out of the playoffs. And then the 13 and three, um, you know, in year nine, they got us out of the playoffs. So they're always uh, a thorn in the Titans' side. Well, when I was playing, it was good to see those boys beat them last year. It did nothing for me, you know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel any vindication or anything like that. I just, had another another beer after the game. It was good. It was a good victory. <laughs> had a victory beer. <laughs> what was it like though? Because Steve McNair leaving to Baltimore hurt a lot of Titans fans. Same with Derek Mason, uh, Samari Roll as well. Were, were you kind of blindsided by that move? What did you think at the time? Um, I just thought it was. I didn't care about what team they went to. It was more like, damn, like we couldn't do nothing to keep these people. Because I remember even with Steve, like, okay, you get rid of Steve, they keep him out of the building, but then they draft Vince Young. You know what I mean? And then, you know, Steve had mentored Dy since he was 11. So what I'm not understanding is that's the perfect situation. I guarantee Steve probably would have taken some type of pay cut in order to have and play with Vince, who he considered his son, and then. B.Y. get the proper grooming um, in the quarterback room, whereas, you know, his rookie year, Billy Bullock was here. He was supposed to play behind Billy. Then they bring Kerry in, a seasoned vet, who's been on the couch pretty much all summer. He doesn't have time to, you know, groom this rookie first-round quarterback. He's got to learn the offense himself and all those different things. So whatever B.Y. can pick up from Kerry in the, in the classroom or on the field, yeah. But B, he just didn't have that mentor – um, that I feel Steve was for him. And definitely if they were on the same team, that would have been crazy. Yeah. So I got to ask you this. Um, it, with every defensive, former defensive Titan we have on, on the show, we ask them the same question. Right now, you in your prime, Keith Bullock in his prime, versus Derrick Henry, one-on-one, -on -one, are you making that tackle? That's it dumb question. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, so since you asked me, I'm going to answer it. Derrick Henry runs too high for my style of football. So I really might put Derrick Henry out of the game if we're playing in our era. Because if we're playing in our era, like, you can hit however you want. Sure. So like, I'm going high. I'm going high on because um, Derrick's running style for, um, for this, he uses a stiff arm a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't really remember too many stiff arms, you know, Back, back when we were playing, you know, like we had guys, you know, Derek reminds me of um, 
Now he has his own style, but like we had guys like Corey Dillon, Brandon Jacobs, yeah, um, shoot Eddie, uh, like a lot of a lot of a lot of guys. I'm just off the top of my head. I'm just talking about bruises, but um, yeah. I mean, it'll be a good battle, man. I'm not just gonna, you know, Derek is a all pro running back. You know, what I mean, I just feel that his running style for the way that I played, like I see the hits that he takes now. He doesn't deliver many hits, and you know. A lot of the running backs in my era were getting the shoulder down, delivering the hit. Derek will leave his body up and take the hit. So that's why I answered the way that um, I answered. Is, is, that because, is that because if he tried to stiff arm you, like your arms are so long, like you get go-go gadget arms that you would just be able to grab him anyway? So then that's another thing. Like if he, like if, if he has that stiff arm out, I'm just going to go low. I'm going to tackle him on his legs. So like if he doesn't, you know what? I would probably have to set him up. So you said you gave me one play, but if it were a game, like I would, I remember we played the Giants. Anytime we play a bigger back, um, you know, I usually cut them the first time. Yeah. And they get really mad. Like, oh, you bitch, you cutting, you're supposed to be. It's like, all right. So then now when they're running the next time, you know, maybe in the open field, they're like, they're getting ready for the cut. And that's when I hit them in the mouth. See what I'm saying? See a setup? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny you say yeah, that. Just keep them off balance. Right. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's totally, totally legit. I, I, I will never, say this. I, never... I will say this, though, Keith. Uh, Earl Thomas kind of said the same thing, and uh, <laughs> dude got two in the back. Just... Yeah, nah, for sure. Earl Thomas is also, like, what, 5'9", 195 <laughs> yeah, pounds. So, he's different, yeah. You know. Nah, but, yeah, Derek, um, he's a very – powerful back you know what i'm saying i'm just saying for his style and i spoke about this with someone before like you know anytime a running back runs high they leave themselves it's a higher target right that's all I'm saying. well like it well, I mean, a larger you, target you brought him up brought up brandon jacobs he was about he was about Derek's size like he was a massive yeah, he, massive. he gets low like you saw mm -hmm. him run over landry like, right. You've seen, you know what I mean? Right. You saw Eddie run guys over and like, you know, we know Derek got stiff on. He ain't lowering the boom. Same, yeah. same foot, same shoulder. He's not giving the same foot, same shoulder. He's got his special weapon right here. That's super effective. Yeah. Get off me. <laughs> it's funny you say that because Bernard Pollard said the same thing. He'd put Derek Henry out. Blaine Bishop said he wouldn't have a problem with, um, but Derek Henry, he's kind of, he's playing at the same weight and, and height that you played at around two thirty six three. So, uh, it, it'd be interesting, an interesting battle. He does remind me a lot of Eddie George. I think he does a lot of people just uh, just with his size and stature, but his running style is so much different. Did, what changed with him was apparently a dinner he had with Eddie George where, where they sat down together. Do you have any inf info on this dinner? Because uh, yeah, I mean, do you wish you were invited to it? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, not at all. It was like, no, nah, not at all. Like um, we were in London. We when, when the Titans played in London and we we're watching the game and I think Eddie had a talk with him a little after the London game. You know what I mean? Um, he wasn't getting on the field much and he was kind of tipping and whatever, however his style. And I remember one play specifically, Eddie and I we were sitting there and we looked at each other because I think Derek turned. He he, he should have cut it up like for a boom. I think it was like a third and two or something, but you know he turned down contact or something. It was something that we both noticed. And then um, it really kind of – Eddie cares. You know what I'm saying? Eddie cares. He's like – he's a big brother to me, a mentor to me. You know what I'm saying? So if he sees something where he can help, especially within football, especially with the Titans and the kid is right here, you know what I mean? He's going to do it. So um, I definitely do know about that conversation. I was not there, but I remember, um, you know, the build up to it. So 
for sure. Would you ever would you ever do that for offensive guys? Like with with giving them tips or or tidbits about things that like, hey, look, this is stuff that like irritated me as a player back in the day, or anything like that to help help offensive side of the guys, or or do you? Because I imagine you do the, you do it with defensive guys all the time, but with an offensive player, do you ever do it? Yeah, I mean, I could. I would be able to help um, tight ends. I would be able to help any position, really. Tight ends, running backs. Because when I play, like the first when I watch film, the first position I'm looking at is the O line. You know, to see how they block, what their blocking scheme is, which guys are dogs, which guys take plays off. Like I'm just, you know, because those are all the people that are going to stop me from getting to the ball. Um, so I watch them first, and then. You know, I'm going to the linemen. I mean, I'm sorry, the running backs and then the tight ends. But, yeah, I could definitely help. I would be able to help running backs. I would be able to help just about any position um, because, yeah, it's football. And you play enough football, you just kind of understand it in your sleep. And we'll get you out here in a second. I, uh, I'm wondering if you're, if you're close with any of the linebackers on the team. I know Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, both pretty young. You have Landry off the edge. They brought in Beasley and Clowney, which are hopefully going to help the team here. Are you close with any of those guys? Do you have talks to any of them? Yeah, Rashawn's my guy, man. Uh, Rashawn, we, we uh, got a chance to link up this summer. Um, before camp, uh, he came over, like, cooked out or whatever, and we just chopped it up, man. We just got guys, people, talked a little football. I'm a big mentality person. You know, I feel like a lot of people have, like, talent. Um, usually what gets in their way is their mentality to succeed. Um, so, you know, we spoke we spoke about that. And, you know, he, he knows as well as Jayon and those guys, like if there's anything that I can do uh, to help them, I would and I will. I'm here for that. But at the same time, I'm not going, you know, knocking down their door or trying to get in their way because this is their time. You know what I mean? This is their time. And there are people when I played that reached out and be like, oh, I can help you with this. And I wasn't interested because I wanted to do my own thing. So, you know, I understand that. So, uh, you know, if they reach out or if they have an inkling that they, you know, want to watch some film or whatever it is to make their game better or just talk about life, man, because, you know, a lot of it is about football. But like you said, there are young guys out here in the world on their own. And um, there are, there's things after you leave that facility that come into play, whether it be with your family, girlfriend, wife, kids, whatever it is, me at 43, I can speak to all that stuff. And I've actually lived in, and, you know, can be an example or just, you know, an ear for any of these young guys out here. And I, I'm assuming that you and Rashawn's talks, uh, slapping tight ends in the face never came up, huh, did it? The Denver uh, game? Yeah, no, no, I know what you're speaking about. Nah, but, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe it came up? <laughs> Nah, but you know, like, what, five, ten when I was playing last night, you're not getting kicked out of the game. Uh -oh. right? You know what I'm saying? So, right. and it's not like, you slapped him. <laughs> like, he didn't punch me. He wasn't like trying to fight him. He's like, yo, you hit me, I hit you back. Like, but that's the, that's the game in 2020. Last, last question I'll ask before we get you out of here, and probably arguably the most important question that uh, I'll ask. I, I like to bookend all of our interviews with really important questions. Um, I like this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> uh, Keith, what what's up with curling, dude? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> curling. So yeah, man. Uh, mo literally, the most random thing I think I've ever so heard. Like, I, I don't think I could have filled out a Mad Lib 
that was more random than Keith Bullock, former Titan, now into curling and starting so, a coffee shop. I mean, like, I've, you're a man of mystery, dude. Mr. Mystery Night is what your nickname should be. All right. Let's go. Now, so curling, man. So Jared Allen, shout out to J.A. He just got nominated for the Hall of Fame. Um, he moved here a couple years ago. Our kids go to the same school. Like, I bumped into him a few times. And he was in my neighborhood, like, looking – He's just in my neighborhood looking for property. He's like, hey, by the way, would you want to be on my curling team? I'm starting a curling team. It's me, Mark Bolger, and we need two more. And I was Mark like, Bolger, that's, that's the other random right, yeah. part. Mark <laughs> Bolger, like, it's literally the most random story ever. You see that curling team get off the bus. You're not even, you're yeah. not walking into the, into the ring. So, so, yeah, um, so that's how we started. And I was, we needed a fourth. So I'm thinking, I was like, oh, Mike Ruse is retired, but he's from Estonia. I didn't know if he was an American citizen. So Jared did his research and found out, you know, Ruse was an American citizen. So that's how Ruse became our fourth. And then that's how we became the all-pro curling team. So, and it's like, look, curling's one of those sports that I, I love to watch, but honestly, I have no idea what it, what's going on. Like, it's, it looks to me like shuffleboard with a broom. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Our, first of all, what – what role are you? Are you the broom guy? Are you the uh, do you do you, do you slide the stone? Do you? Uh... We all do it. You do. Everyone does it all. So there's um, there's four members, and then you have a fifth. So you have your first, your second, your third, and then you have your skip. Your skip is like the captain. He's the guy at the end placing his um, broom where he wants you to. You know what I'm saying? And like yo, like I would compare it kind of to golf because of the precision that you need to have. And yeah, it's, it's a very challenging, challenging sport. Um, I don't know how realistic it is to get great at it <laughs> in such a short time because it is that challenging. Like it would be different if we had home ice where we can go and practice curling every day, like we did football, but we're going up to um, the Ford Center. And um, yeah, it's, it's, might as well, it's like playing you know what curling at the Ford Center was like? It's like growing up and you, you go play a pickup game of baseball and there's rocks on the field and it's all like, it's not the best field conditions, but you guys are going to have a great game of baseball. You know what I'm saying? So, so when, you're, like when you're like sweeping up the shop there, being a store owner, do you ever like, do you ever like sweep like with the intention of like, like you're practicing? <laughs> No, but I will tonight since you put that in my mind. <laughs> and I'm closing tonight, so I definitely will. All right, good. I want you to, yeah, because you, yeah, I mean, look, when you, when you don't have places to practice, you have to get creative and you have to figure out ways to, to get good. In your, you know, it's like how Rocky, you know, he would, he would train in the, uh, with the meat in the meat fridge so and then he went to when he went to russia he was doing all the snow training right i was trying to get on that like on my comeback after my acl i was like yeah we need to go to siberia that's, <laughs> that's the only that's the only way i'm gonna get back <laughs> that rocky training oh my gosh hey he is keith j bullock mr monday night himself guys give him a follow on twitter at kbull 53 but more so you know, we talk a lot about supporting local business. Support local Titans business. You go hit up Just Love Coffee, guys. Go see him in person and uh, tell him tell him the Titan Up Pod sent you. And uh, yeah, dude. Hey, Keith, thanks so much, man. This is this was a lot of fun, and we we appreciate you having some fun with us. Yeah, nah, thanks for having me. Uh, so short. I gotta come back again. Yeah. All right. Hey, we'll we'll link close to the end of the season. 
Yeah, we'll right, uh, cool. don't don't worry. You'll, you'll be you'll be getting us in your inbox. Uh, you know, at the towards the end of the year. So don't don't you cool. worry about that. Hopefully, I'll be a citizen of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we well especially once we get back once we get closer to curling season, we're gonna have to get you on to be our correspondent. So. <laughs> All right, that'd be cool. All right, Keith, you have a good one, man. All right, thanks for having me, fellas. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Keith Bullock, my goodness. I I loved him as a player. You know how they say, don't meet your heroes? Screw whoever said that. I just met one of mine, and I loved it. He was cool. Yeah, he was awesome. No, he was great. Uh, Terrible towel story. Loved that. Uh, having the security, I didn't know that the, the Titan security guy was the one who went in the stands and got a towel for him to, and Lindell off all over. I know. I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to get deeper into that. Like, did the security guard go into the stands to grab said, uh, said, like, did he, like, did he was like, hey, give me that towel or, or did like one fall by his foot and he just picked it up? Like, I want to know how the security guard got said towel. He was very, he's very ominous about that, which tells me there may have been something. May have something been some foul play involved. Yeah. No, Which but I'm that, okay with because all Steelers fans, like if you're going to yeah. bring a towel to Nissan yeah. Stadium or at the time the Coliseum, um, it you deserve to get it taken from you and stomped on by one of the Titans linebackers. And the rule in Nashville is if the Titans are in first place in the AFC, there are no rules. So That's right, look, right. We're no not going to ask. We're going to we're not going to ask what happened. We don't want to implicate anybody, any security guard. No. Um, any any uncles that we have on this podcast? So that's true. Yeah, which shout out Keith Bullock, our new uncle, newest uncle, uncle in the family. Family family tree is getting big, by the way. Yeah, getting big, getting a lot more athletic recently, uh, and that musical is. with Young Buck. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, the family who does it all. Right. Right. Um, all right. So we got to give an update to the Stefcon system. Stefcon system. If you listen to last week's episode, you know it's our new. It's like a DEFCON system, but for our <laughs> for the Titans kicker, Stephen Goskowski. And so Stephen spells his name with a PH, so we call it the Stefcon system. Jack and I had, I'll be honest, Jack and I had a whole thing prepared for this week of how we were going to go all in on Stephen Goskowski and we were going to do the entire show with just one sock on, which I think we are still doing. You only have one sock on. I have on, one right? sock on, yeah. yeah me too. I don't like good. I don't like the feeling, but it, hey, it's look, weird. It, it, we had Keith Bullock on, so it had, something has to be going right. Right, right. We were like, you know what? If it works for Goskowski or Goatskowski, as Jack likes to call him, which I think I'm now going Maybe to call Maybe Godskowski. I mean, they, look, the, the, the names are endless. He, he was money this past weekend. So I think um, – as I say, as I sit here with only one sock on, I think we lower the Stefcon system. I think we lower it down to Stefcon five. Like, is that as low as it can go? Because I, if it can go lower, if it can go to Stefcon six, I think we put it to Stefcon six. I think for this week and this week only, we put it at six because he did make six field goals. So it's only right. That's good. No. I was actually, I was going to say that. I think that's it. I think that's, it's only fitting. It goes to, and plus Brett Kern's number six. So we love that number here. In um, Austin, I, I want my flowers. I want my flowers. I was on keep Godskowski week one. I'm now on Godskowski. And let's not forget that you wanted a different Steph, a Steph consist. You wanted Steven Hauschka. I did. I now, did. I wanted, I wanted Hauschka and look, I'll eat my words. I'll eat my words right here. 
You guys, um, 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 you guys are gonna hear it here first. Look, I was wrong. You won't hear me say that very much because I'll usually like when I am wrong, you can ask my wife. When I am wrong, I'll try and uh, like like spin it to where I was like, like I wasn't necessarily wrong. But in this aspect, I was right about this, you know? Yeah. Right. Like I was like, yeah, no, I said I wanted Steven. I, you know, I I said I wanted, you know, I was on the, I wanted a house, you know, I, which Steven Goskowski bought one in Franklin. We all know. about. So, you know, like I, that's what I would normally try and do. Like if I was with anyone else, but no, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll own it. I was wrong. Steven Goskowski is, is the best Titan on the team right now he he's literally he's literally the best titan that we have and and i say that with all due respect to ryan Tannehill. i say that with all due respect to derrick henry um i i'm not going to name anyone on the defense because they were all pretty bad outside of jeffrey simmons jeffrey simmons um, jeffrey simmons, jeffrey simmons. Yeah, yeah, i'm not going to say that to all due respect to jeffrey simmons but steven gotskowski is he might be the greatest titan of all time <laughs> okay no i'm not going that far but he is playing very well and he's, it, it's so like, isn't it a relief? It feels so weird going from where we were at in week one to just two weeks later. And like, it was almost like a, a slow transition, like an Animorphs cover, um, book cover, like where it's, he was really bad week one, week two, he was better, but he was still like, he missed the extra points. So you're like, I don't think he's all the way the back. And then now this week, not only does he hit all of his kicks, he, he hits close. he hits six of them, and and probably four of which were not easy kicks. <laughs> and if you had Stephen Goskowski on your fantasy, he, he racked up like twenty five points. He's one of the highest scorers this week. Right. In it before. reminded me of that, uh, which rest in peace, uh, Rob Baronis game, where he had what he had like six or seven field goals in a game. Mm-hmm. I think he had seven actually. Yeah. Like, so like that, I was like, oh my gosh! Like for a while there. Before the uh, John Joe um, interception was was called back, interception return for a touchdown was called back. I was thinking the Titans might win this game on field goals alone. <laughs> Rob Barona's actually had eight field goals eight. against the Texans, wow. no, and they won by two, which made it even short. sweeter. Doesn't doesn't a great kicking day from your kicker uh, just isn't it that much sweeter if you win by you know three or less, which the Titans have done in every single game this season. He's the first kicker to make three game-winning field goals in the first three games with his team since the 1970 merger. I mean, who is this person? That is... John Robinson. Hats off, buddy. Hats off, John Robinson. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man, the first time JR slipped up. And then JR's like, psych, here, how's six field goals for you? You know, like, even when we think JR slips up, he show, he proves to us that he did... He clearly did not. And I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it just takes so much stress out of your Saturday afternoon or sorry, Saturday afternoon out of your son. Well, and your Saturday afternoon leading up to it. You're, Cause you're not worried about the kicking game, but on your Sunday afternoon, not worrying about the kicking game. Yeah. It's awesome. It's this new feeling that the Titans fans haven't had in a few years. And I mean, it and just takes loads of stress off of me. And really the entire NFL, just based off of how many kickers have had issues this year. I mean, you you, you saw the stat from week one where like there's only like a 70% made field goal percentage in the NFL, which is like the worst, I think, ever, if not for, you know, at least decades. And now here they are 
here, here the Titans are, and they go perfect. Six for six. Like, that's just phenomenal. It's incredible. Steven, Steven Goskowski, the best. Stefcon, we're at Stefcon six officially, ladies and gentlemen. I'm worried, though. I'm going to say I'm worried because this whole no sock on the right foot thing, I mean, that's fine. That's fine at all when, when you're playing in a dome or when it's 65 degrees outside. But when we get into the nitty-gritty, the November, yeah. December, January, I'm worried. Does that sock come back on? Does that mess with his mojo? Right. I didn't even think about that. That's a great point, Jack. That's because, yeah, you don't want him to get frostbite, you know? I mean, oh, you remember? Well, well I mean, if he is frostbite and he can still make field goals, he can, you know, I, look, I, I'm all for Steven Goskowski's health, but whatever helps the Titans win a Super right. Bowl, you know, right. your health's kind of secondary to me. In that, right. In that yeah, like I'm all for the Titans' team health, but uh, if getting COVID helps them get a Monday night look, football if game. Steven Goskowski gets frostbite on any of his toes or foot, I will just give him mine. Is it- I have no use for it. Okay. All right. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> if anything happens to Steven Gaskowski's foot, Jack's going to give him his. Uh, if that, if get off my back, would would it be better for a kicker to get frostbite? Because it's harder to like like you don't feel anything with frostbite. I right? feel like I feel like you'd want to have if you had the option between the two. I feel like having feeling in your foot is the one you would take if you're a kicker. But that's that's look. All I right. could be completely wrong. We need to get no, uh, we need to get a punter or a kicker on here just to just kind of get into that. We do. We need to get Brett Kern on here, to be honest. Where's Craig Hendrick? I, I bet Craig Hendrick lives in like in like a Shrek swamp, you know, uh, just completely secluded from society. I'm going to go I don't know. If anybody limb. has tabs on Craig Hendrick, hey, hit us up. I'm going to go on a limb and say Craig Hendrick is golfing somewhere. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. <laughs> uh, so, Gary, all Anderson, right. Gary Anderson's probably somewhere fishing, waiting for the next call. Gary Anderson, goodness. I saw a highlight of Gary Anderson the other day. In, for the the one bar is legendary. The one bar the game baseball. winner. And it was. It was. I think it was Javon Kirsch or someone on the sideline where, like, they were like hyping up. They were like, you know, getting people hype on the sideline. Then they turn and he smacks Gary Anderson on the butt as he's like kicking into the net before that game winner that uh-huh. he hit. And <laughs> it was the funniest thing because it looked like he just smacked like a little like <laughs> like, like a like an oompa loompa on the butt. <laughs> It was going to, I encourage all of you to go back and watch old Gary Anderson highlights, especially when he was with the Titans. Cause he, the man was just, he was tiny and I can like, it was just funny. So go back and watch it. Uh, Steph con we're at Steph con six officially Steph-Con six right now, right now. Right. Thanks for let's, hope, let's hope he doesn't, he doesn't get frostbite on his feet. Um, one thing. So the King game, nothing to worry about. One thing that maybe we should worry about the Titans defense. Um, cause should. they, we, okay. We must, one, we must worry. Week one, they make Drew Locke look good. That's fine. Drew Locke is, I, I think he's a respectable. I think Drew Locke is not respectable, but he went to Missouri, but he's just young and he's only started in five games. And so, I mean, he went, he went five, five and one last year and started. I know I he did. I know he did. But, but I, I think he's, I think he's, I think, I don't think he's going to be a, a world beater by any means, but I think he's a respectable. I think it was okay to, to have that happen sure. with no training. Or, I mean, no real off season, yes. no, no preseason, uh, no, okay. none of that stuff. So, so I, look in defenses around the league, it's been a record year for offenses. Most points scored through the first three weeks of the season in NFL history right now. Yes. So right. look, things could turn quickly, but it's not a great start. Week two Gardner Minshew. And that one was a little bit like, I didn't feel as good. 
about them letting Drew Locke look good, but letting Gardner Minshew, it didn't feel as good. It didn't sit as well with me, mainly because it's Gardner Minshew. But Gardner, I, I you know, I justified it. I was able to justify it by saying, okay, well, Gardner kind of had his coming out party last year against the Titans. It was... Maybe he's got a thing. He's, maybe he's, he's got, got the Titans number. Maybe it's just like one of those thorns in, in the Titans side. And... um but and and he was throwing some really good passes, so I was like, okay, that's you know, any he would have he would have connected that pass against any defense based off of where he was putting these balls. The Titans had a bend don't break mentality that whole day. Uh, yeah. They got turnovers when they had to have them, but uh, other than that, it was Minshew just marching up and down the field. But this and, week, kind of the same with, I mean, this week, look for the Titans to have won that game. I I, I feel guilty almost. I, yeah, I do yeah. too. I, it was, it was a game that the Titans had no business winning, but they won. And as I've said on this podcast before, and as I say, almost every week, good teams find ways to win bad games. Good teams mm-hmm. find ways to win ugly games. The Titans have done that for three weeks now. <laughs> would I like them to put together just a good game? Yes, of course. Of we course. Would. We would take that. Yes. They, but well, the fact that they've, they haven't put together their best game yet. And they're three and O tells me, there's something good here outside of the COVID. There's something really good here. And, but the defense is not the area of this team where I thought I would have to worry. The defense, I just did not expect, at least not this much because they're, they made, they went out and let Kirk cousins, a guy who got completely owned and dismantled by the Colts defense Mm -hmm. a week prior he comes out and he he looks like the Kirk Cousins that earned himself that $100 million contract that he got or whatever it was, the mm-hmm, yeah. $80 million guaranteed. And it, Dalvin it, Cook. Dalvin Cook was untouchable. He, he was like they threw him in a vat of Crisco and no one could tackle him all day right. long. I was waiting by my phone all day Sunday to make a Kirk Cousins, if I die, I die joke, and I couldn't make it because he looked amazing. <laughs> Oh, it was so disappointing. It was so frustrating to see because Justin Jefferson, uh, a rookie out of LSU, a receiver that, that the Vikings drafted early in the first round, uh, he had his coming out. He was dancing all over the end. He was torching Jonathan Joseph for 71 yards. He was right. eating Malcolm Butler's lunch. John Joe, we love John Joe. We love his wife. Obviously, she brought him. Uh, Hillsborough High grad brought him to Nashville. We love we love John Joe. He brought Clowney. Yes, of and course. he brought Clowney. Yeah, he brought Clowney. Which that alone, his his job here is done. I mean, we don't mean that literally, John Joe. We want you to. And <laughs> how ironic is that that uh, Jonathan Joseph had that pick six, a critical pick six. Yeah, and he sabotaged himself by bringing Clowney in because it's Clowney who has the peel black block. Uh, the Titans move back towards midfield and don't get any points out of it. Can we talk about that for a second? Because there were a lot of people that were like, oh, Clowney is, he hasn't done anything yet. And he makes a dumb penalty like that to really cost the Titans because the Titans, if you remember, they didn't even get surprisingly enough. They did not, that drive didn't even end in a Goskowski field goal. They ended up punting on that drive because of the penalty. It pushed him back. They got another penalty and I believe a sack just, it was bad. It was so they got what should have been a pick six, no points whatsoever. A lot of people were coming down on Clowney on that. Uh, it was to a me, bad penalty. It was a crucial penalty. But first of all, it was a weak penalty, first of all, because it was not a blindside block by uh, by any means. The, the receiver was literally running straight. Clowney just peeled back to hit him, which as a defensive player, you're taught to do. 
anytime you hear Oski or whatever the word may be to where you get a pick, you find you put a hat on a hat and you block that guy. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Clowney did. I, he's not thinking, okay, I'm going to get a flag because it wasn't, it wasn't nasty enough of a blindside block for me to think that in that moment, Clowney's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to really own this guy. And if he doesn't make that block, let's be honest, it's probably not a pick six because first of all, <laughs> this isn't a, this isn't a Jonathan Joseph speed joke, <laughs> even though we all know it, he, John Joe's seen some faster days. John Joe is, a, isn't exactly on his horse now. Right. He, he, so, he, he could move a little faster with the, with the wide receiver. And I don't even know who it was. Maybe it was Justin Jefferson. I don't, I don't know. But uh, whoever was, was trailing on that play that that ball was intended for very well could have caught him had it not been for that block that Clowney put on him. So I just don't look, you can, you can get on Clowney for showing up, signing late and then showing up kind of out of shape a little bit. You can get on one for that. He still made an impact on this defense. And if you're going to nitpick, if you're going to say, Oh, well that was a bad penalty. And this guy just continues to just hurt this defense and hurt this team. You're completely wrong. Like that to me was a, it shouldn't have been called in my opinion, but even though it was, he did nothing wrong on that play. You're a football imbecile. If you don't think Jadavian Clowney's making plays out, out on the, well, he's sixth in the NFL in pressures among defensive ends. He's 12. He had four against the Vikings, six against the Jags. He's 10 pressures in his last two games. And he's, and he's really not all the way, you know, in, in the, in the conditioning in the condition that he would like to be. He's not up to, up to speed with everything just yet. It's going to take him a couple more weeks. Let me oh, let me play the role. Said, of, I mean, oh, sorry, he, he's a critical part of that defensive line, and a defensive line that's that without him, I don't know if they'd be worth a damn. Let me play the role of a cliche clowny hater. Oh, uh, yeah, but Christian Fulton's got as many sacks as as Jadavian. I mean, he's got more sacks than Jadavian Clowney, and he's a rookie cornerback. <laughs> Look, that's okay. Christian Fulton had, had one sack, and it was a great sack. A, a critical sack in the fourth quarter with under five minutes to go on Cousins on a passing down. Um, but he, we said this when Clowney signed. It isn't You can't just look at the sack number to tell to, to decide whether or not Clowney's been had a productive season, have a productive game, because uh, he impacts the game with double drawing double teams, opening things up for teammates. Um, as well as just wreaking havoc in the backfield among quarterback, you saw him make that run stop where he where he about took Dalvin Cook's head off, almost decapitated Dalvin Cook. I mean, he yeah. does more than just sack the quarterback. Almost had a pick too. Almost had an interception, and he wasn't even playing in the secondary like we wish he would. Yeah, we we need him to start it. Well, I guess we have two great safeties, but if we ever needed a third, what about that? Jadavian uh, Clowney, uh, I wipe my hand with my with I wipe my butt with my hand. Was that who's was that Jared? Oh, I was just I was just being a uh, a cliche clowny hater. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They suck. Clowny haters do suck. Give him some time. Look, he's doing, right. he's doing he's doing just fine. Yes, he's doing what the Titans brought him to do, which is to disrupt plays and to draw attention. Kind of All like right? the Stephen Guskowski thing. If if you had told me before the season that Jadavian Clowney would be sixth in the NFL amongst DNs in pressures through three weeks, you take that. You say yeah. that's a great look. He's performing. He's performing well. Now if you, you tell me it's zero. If you tell me that right now. I would. I would take it. Like that's yeah. a, like that's a, people are people are. If only people were as smart as us, Jack. I know. I know. <laughs> um, we got an old friend alert. 
Who old is? friend alert, kind of. OFA? We have an OFA right now? We have an OFA. An OFA. Sound the siren. The, well, kind of. The Texans were going to work out Earl Thomas, but then apparently they they uh, called it off, which I was actually kind of bummed about because that meant, that meant, you know, obviously the Titans haven't played the Texans yet. That would mean two games against our old friends, which, if you're good at math, means at least no less than eight stiff arms to his back. <laughs> like, do you think I'm Earl Thomas? Do you think the reason why the Texans and Earl Thomas didn't work out is because maybe he brought his brother in with him as a package deal. Oh, I'm sure Earl. I from what I know, Earl Thomas doesn't go anywhere without his brother. So anywhere, I think the Texans were maybe grossed out by that. They were like, look. COVID's they saw that the Titans were, were got COVID and they're like, we can't take any diseases on from uh, like we, we can't take any more diseases here in our building. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess they called it off. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't COVID related. It wasn't COVID related. It was syphilis related. Likely. <laughs> Those are the rumors. Nothing official yet, but no. So, so Earl, and now Earl Thomas, uh, you know, it look, I saw somebody tweet that the AFC South has a bit of a safety issue right now. And one being Earl Thomas having a workout with the Texans. Yeah. Tony Jefferson, old Raven safety, had a workout with the Colts. And the Titans have a safety issue with coronavirus. <laughs> it's You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Now the Jags and, uh, need to have a safety. I mean, the, Jags the Jaguars probably have ample safety issues in that pool alone. Yeah, I was going to say the Jaguars don't have any care for safety at all. If you've <laughs> seen any of the beaches down there, um, <laughs> so yeah. So I, part of me wants Earl Thomas to go to the Texans just so Derek can embarrass him two more times a year, but it's not looking good. Um, but uh, the good news is there, though, that Bill O'Brien's still an idiot. What gosh? Oh, and three. He's an and three idiot. and three. It's his chin dimple and three is their record. <laughs> chin dimple and three. The Titans are three and chin dimple. That's true. That's true. Oh man! All right. So what's up? What's up this week? What's up next? Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers we think maybe. Maybe yeah. it's the Buffalo Bills. We don't know. But we'll have another podcast before then if it is. But the Steelers, they they provided a, a bit of a different test that the Vikings did because the Titans took advantage of a Vikings defense that was that was hobbled. They were right. missing Daniel Hunter, their star D end, Anthony Barr, their signal caller and, and Pro Bowl linebacker, as well as their two starting safeties. Mm-hmm. Now Tannehill threw for 300. He managed to post like a an 80 passer rating, you know, a ho-hum day. Derrick Henry over 100. Titans are 15 and 0 when Henry rushes for over 100. Uh, so that's still going. They're, they're also they're also not to get too deep into analytics, but they're also 1 and 0 when Steven Goskowski makes six field goals. So jot that down. Right. And, but but the the Steelers provided a bit of a different animal. At safety, they have Minka Fitzpatrick, who they acquired midseason last year. They've got TJ Watt, arguably the best D lineman in the NFL right now, and one of the hosts of Ultimate Tag on Fox, which is. <laughs> True. It's a underrated out. accolade that he uh, he has under his belt. Yeah, all three Watt brothers are part of that uh, glorious TV show. And a Steelers offense, I don't. I'm worried about Juju matching up with Malcolm Butler. Uh, you know, I'm worried about the Titans being able to stop James Conner. I, I trust Jeffrey Simmons in there, but without DaQuan Jones, 
I think Big Merch is going to have to take some snaps. Laryl Murchison, the fifth rounder that the Titans picked up this year. Wait, would you say Laryl or Yanni? (laughs) Laryl. The no, it's it's not. Look, anytime you play the Steelers, even in like what the last, I think it's only been one year, but maybe two years that they haven't made the playoffs, which like broke a streak for them. Even then, they're still a tough tough out like they, they're always the Steelers is like their logo is a mainstay on those graphics you see at the end of the year where it's like division leaders wild card in the hunt the Steelers is always on there somewhere in mm-hmm. one of those three columns and they're just always good and it's a team you always have to worry about that is and this year especially they have to worry you have to worry about them because they're they're three and oh just like the Titans now like the like the Titans they've you can look at their schedule a little bit and say, okay, well, who have they played? Really nobody. nobody. Titans. I think the Titans combined record is what? One and eight. One and eight. Steelers is 0 and nine. Another three and O team, the Chicago bears also 0 and nine. If you're wondering why none of these three teams are getting the buzz, the, the positive buzz. Now that the Titans are getting buzz yeah. um, that, that you would hope for. It's because of their opponent's record, which look, sure. you play who's on the schedule. That's, that's right. all you can do. Right. And yeah, so don't don't be freaking out if you're like if you're watching your NFL lives or your NFL, you know, any of your shows or around the horns or PTIs and they're not talking about the Titans. Well, outside of COVID now, everyone's talking about the Titans. So but yeah, don't be worried about that, because really the Titans haven't hit the brunt of their schedule yet. Going back to last week started a stretch of four of the next five weeks playing a team that made the playoffs last year. This is kind of the Titans are entering the first real gauntlet of their season. And you could even, you could really say that this is the week that they're starting that gauntlet because the Vikings are not the Vikings that they were last year. The Vikings are much worse than we thought that they would be. Now the Titans did struggle, but they ended up with a win. But especially defensively. Yeah. Like they're not as good offensively. I think they're still, pretty decent the vikings but and you but but when you beat the vikings they have the talent to beat you i mean look and if you're a titans fan you'd rather win ugly than lose pretty if the titans were two and one with two beautiful wins and one pretty loss uh i wouldn't be as high you know three and oh but you take three and when you have it but now so so now you've got steelers bills texans coming up that's a that's a gauntlet and you could say well the texans are Chin Dimple and three. Well, yes, they are, but they're they're that's a divisional game. Anytime you play in the division, plus they're the Texans have funky. offensively, the Texans have looked really good in their three losses. Um, and they, then, they, they had the Steelers on the ropes. They just got shut out in the second half, lost by a touchdown. Right. I mean, the Steelers were up by four at the half. Uh, what was it? Twenty-one seventeen. I mean, and then they just you know. Pittsburgh outscored them eleven nothing in the second half. Bill O'Brien had had those guys on the ropes. Steelers beat the the Broncos in the week prior by five. The Giants week one by ten, where Saquon just couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm kind of worried this week. Will will they lock down Derrick Henry? And if so, uh, without AJ Brown, can the Titans do they have the playmakers to to kind of take advantage of or kind of make plays through the air on a really really top notch Steelers secondary? Yeah, you got to think that they will. I I have, I I hate the Steelers a lot, but I have the utmost respect for them because they are a good franchise and they are consistently they just have 
it's, it's almost like a good college program to where it's like just every year they just kind of reload. They don't, they don't ever lose guys. Like they're just a consistently consistent franchise and that yeah. consistency is good for them. So will the game be played? Who knows if it is, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one. And I'll say this, if the Titans, if the Titans uh, can get to what their their bye week, week seven, week seven, and if they're four and two going into their bye week, I think any of us would take that, right? No question about it. No question about it. Especially uh, with the way the, the division's playing. Sure, and and with with two of the next, where I mean, with the next three games against you know last year's playoff teams. Uh, minus the Steelers, I guess. Uh, but the Bills but, but and Texans three teams, three teams that have the ability to make the playoffs this year. Now the Texans sure. aren't going to. It doesn't look like. But um, with the expanded field, you never know. You'd love to get the first one. You'd love to get the first one out of the way. I think if you come out of this with all things considered, with coronavirus and injury issues, uh, if you come out of this two and one, that's a massive victory. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. So. Hoping here's hoping the Titans pull it out, uh, both the COVID out of their system and the game against the Steelers. Let's stomp some terrible towels this week. Right. If you're going to the game, uh, which a few of you are, first of all, do not catch COVID. <laughs> Don't you stay. You stay. The, you stay the hell away from our players too. Stay away from the players for <laughs> both their safety and yours. <laughs> because you don't want to go down there and like you know get a picture with a player and. Uh, you know, Boom, two weeks COVID. later, you've got a positive COVID yeah. test. <laughs> so, uh, but if you're going, be loud, be loud. And um, everyone you talk to, just refer to it as Nissan Coliseum. Let's get this, let's get this thing started. And if you hear Young Buck, record that, put it on Twitter, yes. tag us. Yes, yes. If you Young hear Buck Young Buck, will love it. Yeah, put it on IG stories, Snapchat. Well, not Snap. We don't have Snapchat. Uh, but uh, uh, IG, IG stories. Twitter. Twitter, Facebook just film TV. it, just film it, get, get a, get young buck playing in Nissan Coliseum. We, we want to hear it. We'll, we'll post it out. We'll give you a shout out for it. Um, but because that's that we just want to hear it. We, we, we love that we accomplished that feat. And I say, we, the collective, we, as in myself, Jack, and everyone here that's listening because you guys all chipped in and all had a hand in that, um, of getting buck in Nissan stadium. Uh, I feel like we need a new, we need a new pro. Well, our, our new project is getting Nissan Coliseum, uh, happening. So, um, help us ha- make that happen and be loud, be loud. If you see a terrible towel, take it and stomp on it. Like Keith Bullock did our guest this week. Special thanks to him for joining us. Um, guys, check out a to Z sports, Nashville.com. All things Titans, especially now with all this COVID news breaking, we got our guy buck on the down, like getting everything out there. You've got everything's been amazing, Buck, yeah, Buck rising and Luke Worsham. If you are not following yes. those two guys, those are the best two Titans reporters that, that we have. And Uncle Luke and uncle Buck both been like, both been on the pod. They were great on the pod. They're going to come back soon, but in the weeds. Yeah. Just doing, doing awesome stuff. And then you've got Austin and Zach every morning, literally waking up with, with, all of the latest and greatest of anything Titans you need to get you ready for the week um, ahead. Check them out. A to Z sports at A to Z sports on all social medias. Check us out as well. Obviously if you're listening to this and you made it this deep into the podcast, you there's something that kept you around. So why not give a follow on the social medias at tighten up pod at tighten up podcast on, on at tighten up pod on Twitter at tighten up podcast on Instagram 
give us a follow. We share some highlights. We share a lot of fun stuff. We got a little community building. If you listen to this podcast long enough, you're kind of in on our inside jokes. So a bit of an army. Yeah. We've got a little, little something going capable of anything. Those carry over to the social medias throughout the week. So uh, give us a follow there and just thank you guys so much for listening and, and, and all you guys do to make this podcast what it is. We appreciate everyone who is uh, subscribed and rated and reviewed the podcast. You guys and if you're not, go ahead and do that. Do that ASAP, ASAP right. Rocky. So and then we, we will then love you then. Because right yeah. now we don't love you if you haven't done it yet. But if you do that, then we will love you. Just on the way out, don't forget, uh, send us some emails after the game. We want instant reaction emails. Yeah. Tighten up pod at A to Z sports Nashville.com. And if you're in Franklin or around Franklin, Hit up Just Love Coffee. That place is actually pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, Keith's actually in there most of the time. So it, when you go, just tell him the Tighten Up Pod sent you. Yeah, t- and, tell him. Uh, tell him you. That's a look. We all know like how awkward it is when you see like like a former Titan or a, or a, you know a hero or you know a celebrity in public, and you're like, oh, I want to go up and say something, but I don't know, don't know what to say to break the ice. We just gave you the perfect way to break the ice. You go up to him and you say, Hey. I, I heard you on the Titan Up Pod this week. That was awesome, man. You, you that was really fun. It was really cool. Tell him you've heard a, heard you, him on here. That's right. That's right. And then he'll think we're cooler than he probably does now. But that's okay. Oh, that's neither here nor there. Not a chance he thinks we're cool. <laughs> I literally like, compared him to an action figure. <laughs> he does look like, if you've ever played NFL 2K for Second Dreamcast, he looks like every single player in that game. Anyway, all right, we're going to go out on that note. Um, Jack, you got anything for the road? Nope. Uh, let's go 4-0 this week. Or 1-0 this week, which is 4-0. Let's go 2-0 this week. Beat Corona and beat the Steelers. With all the rescheduling of COVID, they may have to go for an week at some point. (laughs) You're right, yeah. All right. All right. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. And uh, I guess uh, until next week, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the time.